Sorry in advance. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of Sorry in Advance. I am your host, Delaney Dewey. I am so excited to be starting this journey. It's been a dream of mine for the past few years. But basically, just going to have a lot of episodes. A lot of my friends are going to be on here, and we're just going to talk about life. What's going on? What we think of everything that is happening in our lives. And we're just gonna we're just gonna talk and hang out. It's gonna be so much fun. I am again so excited about it. This first episode, it is just gonna be me here, but my friends are gonna be joining me in the later episodes next week. I already have a very special guest lined up. I'll tell you more about her later, but Again, this first episode is just going to be me talking about myself, what I'm doing, how I got here, and just giving a little bit of background information about me as much as I can without making you think I'm insane. To begin, I am a junior broadcast major at University of Nebraska-Lincoln, and it's been really fun so far. We're about halfway through the semester now, and I'm so stressed out it's not even funny i'm just on the verge of a mental breakdown constantly but you know what it's fine live laugh love we're gonna have a great time <laughs> i do have a job i work at a pretty popular makeup chain retailer i don't know if i can say the name i will do a little bit of research as to whether or not I can actually say where I work exactly. But I know a lot about makeup, a lot about skincare. So if you ever see me on campus, you know, say hi. Ask me what you should be doing with your routine. If you have any questions, let me know. I'm happy to help, happy to answer. First of all, one thing you should know about me, I get weird accents sometimes. I don't know what it comes from. Like you just heard me. I get weird, I get weird accents. I, I'm not going to apologize because I kind of love them. It's fun. Spices up my life a little bit. I have two cats, Minerva and Matilda. They are the absolute loves of my life. They might try to join in and help me a little bit. I probably won't let them because they're just a nuisance. I still love them with all my heart, though. How did I get into radio and broadcasting? It's an interesting story to begin with. When I was younger, I remember when Mean by Taylor Swift just came out, and I remember listening to that song on the radio and being like, oh my gosh, I want to be on the radio one day. And of course, at the time, I meant singing. I quickly, quickly discovered I cannot sing, and me singing on the radio would probably break a few eardrums. So, ended that dream, and... My entire life growing up, my mom was a nurse and an EMT, my aunt's a nurse, my cousins are nurses, and just like everyone in my life is a nurse, a nurse or a teacher. It's kind of like the general rule of thumb with my family. But I decided to switch it up a little bit for my entire life. I just, I wanted to be a nurse and I was so gung-ho about it. Like you would have asked me basically from kindergarten through senior year of high school and i've been like i'm gonna be a nurse when i grow up and that quickly changed my mom had breast cancer she had it for about six years i think she was diagnosed when i was in seventh grade and it was just her and i like i'm an only child she was a single mom so Basically, for those, like, six years of my life, I was her nurse. I was her caretaker. I was the one who took care of everything. 
and that's just so much pressure for a small child like even for an adult honestly that's just it's a lot to go through and I went through it alone like yes I did have my friends and my family but I went through it mostly alone and it was just it was so difficult so this is so morbid but it was like the day after she died I was like I'm not going to be a nurse anymore I can't take care of people anymore I mean of course there's some like provisions to that like my friends my family I'm always going to take care of them but like just I don't know I just I couldn't do it anymore so then I decided I wanted to be a teacher and as I was going off that I realized I didn't want to wake up early and be at work by like 7 a.m and then deal with a bunch of kids all day long summer breaks would have been nice yes but just i i don't wake up early it's not in my blood <laughs> so that was like i don't know halfway through my senior year when i was like i'm not doing this anymore and I'm from, I should probably say this, I'm from Southwest Nebraska, McCook, Nebraska, for anyone who is knowing of this area. Specifically, specifically, I'm from Herndon, Kansas, so I like to say I grew up, Um, but no one knows about Herndon. There's like 100 people there, and I'm related to probably 98 of them, so it doesn't really count. But I was really wanting to go to Wayne State College basically my entire high school career. And I went on a campus visit with my aunt, who had legally adopted me after my mom passed. And I was just, I couldn't be that far away from my friends and my family. I just, I couldn't do it. So I decided to go to McCook Community College. And that time I still didn't really know what I wanted to do in my life. So I just majored in theater. And... I graduated in 2020, the whole, you know, fun COVID year and not fun year, but I moved out not too long after my 18th birthday. It was like the beginning of July when I moved out of Herndon into McCook and I moved in with two of my best friends, Reagan and Aaron. We had a lot of fun times in that house. We lived in a duplex and let me tell you, it was wild because we had all grown up together and Reagan's actually going to be coming on this podcast in a few episodes. I can't remember exactly when, but she'll be here and it's going to be wild. But we moved in together and of course, like, I fresh out of high school, as if I actually attended high school from March to June when I graduated. But I was looking for jobs and I was really just like applying to anything and everything. And Herndon and McCook. It's like 45 minute drive. So I would drive back and forth while I was moving or just, you know, small towns like you. McCook. Oh, my goodness. Such a small town. The only fun thing to do there was go to Walmart for a young 17 year old like I was. So you just go and we'd hang out at Walmart. <laughs> But on that drive, I was listening to the radio station, and I heard that they were hiring a salesperson, a radio salesperson. And again, me being the 18-year-old just needed a job. I talked to my basically mentor, my old English teacher, Joy Farr, love her very much. 
And she said, well, you want to be on radio. So apply to this. Sure, you won't be on air, but you'll get your foot in the door and then you can work your way up the system. You can move up the ladder. So I was like, okay. And I applied. I didn't hear a thing for months. So I applied to other jobs and I eventually got a job working at the public health department. It was fun. I wasn't there very long, to be honest. Because um, at the health department, this was during COVID still. This was, again, July, August of 2020. So still COVID times. My job was essentially contacting the people who have been in contact with those who tested positive for COVID. It sounds a lot more complicated than it was. I was, I can't remember the name. It was like targeting case management, something like that. But a lot of my job was really just like stuffing folders and sending envelopes. It was fun. I worked with a lot of great people and I have so much love for them. But the director of the health department, I don't know if I had spoken about my want to be on radio or not, but I was young. I had a interesting voice, apparently, and she wanted me to be the voice of the health department. So I would be the one recording all of the radio ads about for COVID or like West Nile vaccines, all that stuff. And during this time, I finally got an email back from the manager at the radio station saying, was just going through my emails, would love to have you come in for an interview. So I went in for my interview, and this was the beginning of September in 2020. And I went in, he was said, basically, you are too young to be a salesperson, but I really love the sound of your voice. Do you want your own radio show? Of course I said yes. Of course I said yes. So not too long after we got everything straightened out, I told all my coworkers at the health department that I'll be leaving. And I was on the radio still doing their commercials. So I had just the tiniest, tiniest bit of radio experience, quote unquote, as I say sarcastically. But then I got COVID and I had to be quarantined the entire month of October because my roommate had gotten it. And then like the two weeks were up. My roommate Aaron got it. I should probably be a little bit more specific because it's kind of a wild story. Aaron had gotten COVID. So Reagan and I had to quarantine. And then Reagan's mom got COVID and we had been around her. So then we had to quarantine another two weeks after that. But basically after that quarantine period, I just went working right at the radio station. I was voice tracking a country show. It was 10 to 2. It was 10 to 2 weekdays and like some weekends. But it was a lot of fun. And with the voice tracking, it was so interesting. I think it's kind of the best way to get involved in radio because it's such quick, easy thing. You could literally go in one day of the week for a few hours, voice track your entire show because voice tracking was pre-recording. So like I would go in on a Sunday and record Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday if I could, but I didn't have like the mental capacity to do an entire week in one sitting. 
So I'd like record most of it on Sunday and then go in like Wednesday and record more. And I went in at like nine o'clock at night, 10 o'clock. It was late. I went after everyone had left because I have social anxiety and it was really bad when I just started there because I didn't know anybody. I'd barely been there during the days and like I was just so threatened and intimidated by everyone else because they all they were all so much older than me. And I was I was just really intimidated. But I did that for a while, a long while. I was voice tracking on KFNF, that was my country station, for a few months. And then I got on to another radio station. And there was one time when I had three different radio shows. It was all within the same group of stations, the same company. Because my radio station had seven separate stations, so I was on three of them. And it was just, it was a great time. I'd started getting into production a little bit. Like I'd go in for a few hours every day and just work on all the ads. And I just, I really liked it. And then this is where it gets interesting. This was September of 2021. And in May, I had applied to the Disney College program, which if you're not familiar with it, it's basically where college students go and live and work at Disney World. Just, it's like an internship, but it's not... So I had applied in May, I didn't get in. And then September comes around and applications open back up again. And it was like, oh, just click this one button and you're applied. Cause my resume, my, all my information is already in there. I was like, okay, whatever, it's fine. So I just clicked submit and then like three days later, I woke up, first thing I did, check my email. And I had an email from Disney recruitment congratulations you've been accepted what excuse me how 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 <laughs> how was i accepted this young girl from southwest nebraska northwest kansas how did i get accepted into this and at the time it was only like a 12 percent acceptance rate because it was just after covid so many people were applying and it was just it was a lot I had one week to decide, and that was the worst week of my life. It was so stressful, so difficult. I cried every single day because my best friend, Chastity, I was living on my own at this time. I was in my own apartment. Reagan, Aaron, and I, we didn't live together anymore. I was in my own apartment on my own with my cat, Minerva, just living our lives. And I asked my best friend, Chastity, to move in with me that July. So July, August, September, two months later, I got accepted into this in that week, the one week I had to decide. And I remember running into Chastity's bedroom and saying, hey, I got in. I'm not going to go, though. And it was just like a, I didn't want to go because I didn't want to leave Chastity. She was my only concern. I had dreamed about having holidays and like Christmas with her and just seeing like the little Christmas tree set up in our apartment decorating it and just having the best time together because I person I firmly believe that Chastity is my soulmate and it's just it's weird when she comes on we'll tell you all about our backstory but I just I didn't want to leave her and that week was such a wild week. I went back to my old high school because, oh, 
I completely forgot about this. I was directing a musical at the time. I was assistant director for 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. Because in college, I was a theater major. So this was kind of like a requirement to graduate. So I was being AD for that. And it was just, it was so much to leave. I didn't want to go. And I ended up going back to my old high school where I spoke to my mentor, Joy. And she told me to do it. Another teacher, two or three teachers told me to do it. And it was still me and Chastity who were both like, I don't know. Like, obviously Chastity didn't want me to leave her. I didn't want to leave her either. And my cousin, Nicole, who's my best friend, her Chastity and I are all very close. I stopped at Nicole's house to do laundry because my apartment didn't have a laundry room. Or it did, but it was expensive and always broken. <laughs> so I stopped there to do laundry. And this was so funny, kind of a full circle moment. I was throwing a pair of MCC sweatpants into the dryer. And that was the moment it clicked. Like, I want to go and do this college program. Which... Full circle, because I ended up doing costuming on my college program, which we'll get into later. And just a lot of my other co-workers at the radio station, who I had now gotten a little bit closer with, told me to do it. And it was a seven-month program, so it was like 200-and-something days. I don't know. I don't really remember at this point. It was so long ago. But I remember one of them said, you can do anything for seven months. Which I'm, I genuinely think about that every day. That's like my Roman Empire. That line is my Roman Empire. But yeah, I just, I decided to do it. I went for it. I bit the bullet. And I'm so grateful that Minerva ended up being able to go with me because I definitely wouldn't have been able to do it without her. She's my emotional support cat. They both are. But Minerva was my first one. She's my baby. I got her when she was like three months old. I adopted her from the Humane Society and just, we've been through a lot together, let me tell you. Yeah, so I ended up going to Disney World and I was there for seven months again. I got there the beginning of November. It was actually on my mom's birthday when I flew out, which is November 7th. And I moved in on November 8th, which is my aunt's birthday. So it was kind of a nice little reassurance. and. I remember texting my aunt Darla and saying, I'm moving to Florida. Just like jokingly, this was when I still was like, I'm not going to do the college program. And she was like, okay, fun. Why? <laughs> so I explained to her the whole, well, I got into this college program and I'm, I'm not going to do it. I just wanted to see your reaction. And I actually have another aunt and a cousin who live down in Florida. And Darla told me to do it. I'm, I have family down there. And again, it went back to that thing, like, do it while you're young. Go out and have fun and explore and live your life because even a year from now, you might not be able to come back and do this. So do it while you can. And I, I say that to everyone. Just while you're young, do, go out and do as much as you can. Experiment with life. Just live it to the fullest because who knows where you'll be in a week, in a year, in 10 years, you'll regret it. You'll regret not going out and doing all that stupid stuff that college kids inevitably do. It was so 
bunny moving into florida and just getting there was wild minerva is such a dog she is not a cat i swear my friend her husband her now husband he and i lived in the same apartment building and he would always come up and he loves minerva absolutely adores her and he's always like i hate cats but i absolutely adore her because she's not a cat she's a dog and another one of my best friends says that too he doesn't like cats but he loves minnie because minerva may <laughs> special little bean that she is she loves car rides absolutely adores them loves fireworks loves plane rides too i was more worried about myself on the plane than i was with her because she just sat there the entire time quiet there were people who would come and sit next to me on my flights down to florida and with a esa you have to put them under or with a cat at least they're in their carrier and they have to be underneath the seat in front of you and that whole day i was flying down there i was an emotional mess because i had never really left my family like that before and my cousin nicole she's the one who drove me to the airport and i always i remember always saying don't look back because then it makes you want to turn around and go back to what's comfortable but if you don't look back you're just setting yourself forward and that's another thing i live by too i don't look back i have no regrets i just keep moving forward because that's all you really can do and obviously the people who sat next to me on the airplane i feel so bad for them I was just an emotional mess. I was sobbing the entire, entire flight. Even on my layovers, I was still crying. I don't think I stopped crying for two days. But I remember this one couple sat next to me. And they saw I was crying. They asked me what was wrong. I was like, I'm moving to Florida. And I'm leaving all my family behind. And just being a whine, whiny baby about it all. And then it brought up that I have my cat with me and they were like, I sat next to you during this entire flight, which was like three hours long and I never knew you had a cat. Minerva literally just sat there, quiet, sleeping the entire time. It was a miracle. And then in Florida, they, Disney, Disney built apartments for the college programmers, the CPs. And they're, they're they're okay apartments. They aren't horrible. They're a little scary sometimes, but they're a lot nicer than what the old ones were. There are some true horror stories about that. I highly recommend looking it up because they're wild. I got in a four by four, which was like, you always had four people living in there. No, I didn't get a four by four. I got a two by two. That makes more sense. So a two by two was there's two bedrooms and two bathrooms and the apartment was split in half. So like, on the left side, it'd be a bedroom and a bathroom. Right side, bedroom, bathroom. And I had never met my roommates. I had no idea who they were. I didn't even know names, age, what they looked like, what their roles were, anything. Not a clue. Because they didn't tell you that stuff during my time there on the program. So I moved in. And the same day I was moving in, another gal was moving in. There were two people already living there. And her name is Ellie. Ellie's actually going to be on the podcast next week. Very excited. Ellie's from Lincoln, too. Um, so it's just, it was so wild. We had met on Snapchat because it was, you know, like the Facebook groups and we all 
posted about ourselves and all that other stuff. And Ellie and I both had been added to this big group chat on Snapchat and going through the group chat being like, my name's this, I'm from here. And I saw that she was from Nebraska. So I sent her a message, I whispered to her. I was like, oh my gosh, you're from Nebraska? Me too, that's so cool. And we had chatted just like that little bit, but then she ended up being my roommate, which was wild. I have such a wild roommate story, oh my goodness. And obviously the other roommates, they didn't know that I had a cat with me. They didn't know that they were going to be living with an animal. Could you imagine how bad it would have been if one of them had been deathly allergic to cats? It would have been horrible, a travesty, I tell ya. But when Ellie and I moved in, our other two roommates, who are Haley and Caroline, they weren't there at the time. So... We got all of our stuff and Minerva was running around exploring the place and there was this little like free open space next to the dishwasher underneath like the cabinets and cupboards whatever you want to call them I really don't know what they're called and I'm 21 years old <laughs> but she found a like a little space down there so our two roommates had came in with their friends and Ellie and I didn't really hear them at first but Minerva heard them, obviously, and, like, ran out to go greet them. And they all loved her instantly, like everyone normally does. And it was just, it was a whole fun thing. I will talk more about the crazy roommate situation next week when Ellie is on. Because it's better with two people explaining it, just how wild it is. But yeah, it was a great time. Ellie didn't live with me, didn't live with us for a very long time, and neither did Haley, so... For the longest time, it was just Caroline and I in the apartment, which, you know, good for us. We made it into a four by four. <laughs> but that was just such a fun time. And so I did costuming down there, entertainment costuming, entertainment costuming hostess, to be exact. But I worked at Hollywood Studios. And for those who haven't really been to Disney, Disney World, um, Hollywood Studios is very much just like a theater park. It's that's what it is. That's what I always like to call it. Because they have different stage shows and all that other fun stuff there. Which, I mean, obviously the other parks have shows, but not like the degree that Studios has them. So I predominantly worked for the Frozen sing-along show, Disney Junior Dance Party, Pixar Pals. It was like a parade and the Christmas parade, because, of course, you know, I got there beginning of November. It's Christmas time. <laughs> so I worked every single day I was working, I swear, 50 hours a week. And it was just, it was a really great time. It was so easy to, so simple. Like, I would really just go there, hang out, and not do a thing. If something bad happened, I'd be there to fix a costume, but that was really it. A lot of the shows that I worked on, the costumers, the costumes didn't need help. And these were all like equity actors. They already knew, like they had been working at the show for 10 years. They didn't need help putting on their costume. But it was just such a weird time. And I made a friend. I made a friend down there. Her name's Becca. Becca and I are still actually really close and she just moved down to Florida to do another program. 
but Becca and I worked together almost every single day, it seemed like, on the Christmas parade. And the Christmas parade was five elves, maybe, two reindeer, and then Santa. And the reindeer were a pain. They were... I've, I'm traumatized by those reindeer, let me tell you. And, of course, not a lot of people were characters at Disney World. Not a lot of people were working down there or applying to be that, which is kind of surprising. And the reindeer costumes were such, like, a specific height and weight, just like really all the other characters are at Disney. But there were these two guys it was predominantly two guys that were the reindeer so it was the two reindeer and then becca and i we were all four of us together all day long it seemed like every single day of the week for the entire christmas season it was rough and i got quite close to those reindeer because i mean in the nicest way possible you're helping them get dressed at least five times a day like you're gonna have to develop a friendship out of that right it just it makes sense in the brains but those reindeer were wild and after christmas had ended it was beginning of january i decided i was going to fly home to go surprise chastity she had no idea i was coming and i have my find my location on with her so I told her, because Disney's very strict. We'll get more into that next episode. And this was a total lie. I said, I have to turn off my location because Disney World doesn't want other people seeing that I'm backstage. Because that's I predominantly worked backstage. And so that was the first lie I told her. And that happened a few weeks before I was supposed to fly out just so she wouldn't get super suspicious that like all in one day I was telling her like this is why I'm not texting you this is why you can't see my location like all that other stuff and then the the day of the day I flew down there or flew back up here I guess to Nebraska to surprise her I had told her that a friend and my a friend and I were out driving around and we stopped at a gas station and they didn't have any Colleen Hoover books. Cause if you know, you know Colleen Hoover. But she was an author that Chastity and I are and were obsessed with. And the airport, they weren't selling Colleen Hoover books at their little bookstore. And I wanted to express my disgust with Chastity, but obviously I couldn't tell her I was at the airport. So I told her that, and then my flight was really late that night. I don't know why I got such a late flight, but I did. I think it was because I had to work that morning, actually. But I think I flew into Denver at 7, 6, 7 o'clock. And I didn't get back to McCook until about 11. But I had told Chastity... Like, hey, you ha I mailed you a Christmas present. You should be getting it soon. Because it was, it was a little bit after Christmas. It was, you know, still, like, socially acceptable to be getting each other gifts and whatnot. And then I remember telling her, oh, they extended me to work until midnight tonight. I don't know why they did this. I've been here since, like, 8 in the morning just to make her really think that I was at work, to really sell it. 
and I sent her that text that text as I was like 30 minutes away ready to go pull up and see her and my cousin was the one who went and picked me up from the airport again and like I said her chastity and I were all really good friends so Nicole went into the apartment to get chastity and was like hey we should take out trash just nonchalantly as I was hiding out behind the trash can and we surprised chastity like that but it was really fun and the whole point of this story was they had different shows at Hollywood Studios to work at. The two, like, I mean, there were three predominant ones. It was Star Wars, Beauty and the Beast, and then Epic. And Epic was the, it is the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular. And it had just opened up after COVID because they had to, like, rewrite the whole show and everything. And before this, I really hadn't absorbed any Indiana Jones information. Like, obviously, I knew, like, the whole boulder rolling thing, but that was it. That was all I knew about Indiana Jones. I knew about the whip. That's it. <laughs> and everyone I worked with, you could have asked them where I wanted to get my second skill at, and it would have been Beauty and the Beast. I wanted to work there so bad I could taste it. So I'm in Denver International Airport, and I get a text from my coordinator saying, Your schedule just dropped. You have a new show. I got so excited because she knew I wanted to work at Beauty and the Beast. And I was so excited and she just kept egging me on like, it's a show at Hollywood Studios. Just doing all that stuff. And then I said, it's B&B. Please tell me it's B&B. It has to be B&B. Because everyone knew I wanted to work there. I had talked to the coordinators over at that show, my managers and leaders and everything I was so desperate to work there. It was disgusting. And then she said, oh, it's epic. I was heartbroken. I was ready to break down in tears. I am not lying when I said I didn't want to go back. Because I had just gotten home. I was like, what is the point in going back when I'm just going to be working at this stupid show? I don't want to be there. And my friends finally convinced me it's okay just go through the training if you hate it you can drop out you can quit quit the program or you can just like tell all your leaders and everything like hey I absolutely hate it there please do not sign off on my training I went through the training and I ended up loving it very much and I still I love that show I get chills every time I see anything related to it which is very stupid of me honestly but it's just so many great memories I had there and one of them this happened within my first like three or four days when I was still in training there with the Indiana Jones show it's a lot of stunt performers so, like these men who are buff and do gymnastics and all this other stuff like that and they're all really just I don't know strong guys and rah, rah, rah. so this one guy comes up to me and I didn't know him I barely knew the man's name I don't even think I knew it at all at this point. And he just comes up to me and he was like, do you want to see my nipple? Can I show you my nipple? I'm going to show you my nipple. And it was just, just kept asking, can I show you my nipple? Can I show you my nipple? And I was like, why do I want to see your nipple? He was like, cause I got whipped. I got whipped. Let me show you my nipple. Can I please show you my nipple? And I said, you're going to show it to me whether or not I say yes or no so just do it already I guess and he lifted up his shirt and he just had this welt 
across his entire chest. And that's what really hooked me in. <laughs> no, but that was just, that's just a little snippet of some of the ridiculous stuff that happened there. And I have so many more stories and crazy things that happened while working in costuming. Because yes, it's a very chill, very relaxed job. But when things go crazy, it's hysterical. There was one day I was working at Frozen and it was right before Elsa was about to go on because during the show it's like a whole, it's a sing-along. So there's these two historians and then Anna and Kristoff and they're all like running out in between these, the song scenes and telling like this little story. I think they're looking for Elsa. Because that's very on brand for Elsa. <laughs> but there was right before Elsa was about to go. And she comes in. And she just has a giant tear in her armpit. In her leotard. And how the costume works. It has like seven layers. And the leotard is the first one. So yes, she had backup leotards. But it was too late for her to change out of her corset and her skirt and everything to switch out the leotard so I was literally sitting backstage sewing Elsa's armpit back up together and that's obviously like a huge safety concern because these are professional actors like professional SAG-AFTRA and for me to have a needle next to like their body like that in the dark and I was shaking I was so nervous and scared that she wasn't going to get out on time it was it was a whole situation but ended up going fine I had to report it to like my coordinator and everything but it was it worked out okay and just such crazy things like that happened I'm not sure about the other roles but when you first get there into like the costuming experience you go through all of this training to learn how to build the costumes like you can do it quick and so you know what you're doing when you get to your location and they had the old costumes that should have been burned should have been retired but they had them for training purposes and one of them was Timon I am terrified of Timon terrified I loved him before this but now I get chills just thinking about it because the head with the padding and every the glue oh my goodness I don't even know where to begin his eye was falling off first of all so like that's terrifying but like the fabric around his eye like the skin was also peeling off in the like padding underneath it was red and the glue was old so it was yellow and it just it looked so real like his eye was falling off and I was so terrified of it all and just see so yeah, I'm scarred by Timon now anytime someone shows me a picture of the Timon costume I freak out I really do but I just I made so many friends down there and I miss them all so much I talk to one of my old co-workers every day and she keeps me updated on all the drama that is happening because of course it's all very dramatic but it's just it's so nice to see all of these pictures and this is a very humble flex in a way. I will be watching some movies now, like older movies, and be like, oh, hey, I worked with that person and that person and that person. And it's just really weird for me 
because like it's really just casual like put on a random movie and then I see someone's like oh hey I know them like I worked with them la 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 it's just it's really weird for me and now I have to watch the credits on all the Marvel movies and look at the stunt performers just to see if I recognize a name and there are there are a handful of movies where I recognize quite a few of the names but it's just it was so much fun I really can't speak highly enough about it it was I had such a great experience and it's so weird because there's other people who have horrible experiences like my roommate Ellie she not a good time we'll talk about that next week on the next episode but I think that's it thank you all so much for tuning in to the very first episode of sorry in advance and you can find us on krnu.com on spotify and be sure to tune in next week